Hey friends, you are listening to Worst Show Ever. I am your host, CJ Boyd. I am in Bellingham, Washington at the Alternative Library. I am here with Jamie Stewart from Shushu. We just played a show together at this wonderful little space, and your bandmates are packing up. They're being very generous <laughs> very, and very kind. allowing me to do this while they do yeah. the, the slug work. <laughs> and uh, I asked Jamie about sharing a, a worst show ever. And I have two questions. One, I want to know if I could sell a worst tour ever totally instead of single fine. show. And yeah. then I also want to know, is there a precedent for past participants to name names? Totally okay. okay. It's up to you. I always tell people. I just I don't want to be the first person no. to name names. Um, it's <laughs> enough it's, people like already like, think I'm a total asshole. <laughs> no, people tend to fall pretty fifty fifty in in the camp of like, well, I don't want to say anyone's name, and people are like, fuck that guy. Oh, okay. Well, so, then fuck it. <laughs> that's totally totally fine. Two thousand ten. Angela Saw, who has been in the band since then, it was the first year that she did a ton of touring. Okay. Uh, and she's my, uh, my weird, produces all the records super deep, doesn't, doesn't really tour anymore, but really involved in the records, but it was her first like long amount of touring experience. Okay. And we had this agent, uh, booking agent at the time that we had worked with for several years and he, uh, had kind of a strategy for us, which was a good strategy because we were kind of going through a little bit of a dip. Uh, in attendance at the time. We never, we're kind of a small culty band. We never had like a million people at shows, but it was like even less than usual. So he was thinking, okay, we'll get kind of bands who are kind of coming up to open, you know, that probably next year will be way too big to open for us. But at this moment, we'll sort of, you know, ride on their coattails a little just to sort of spark a little more interest in us. And then they can tour with an established band. And, you know, it's kind of good, good for both of us. Right. So, uh, he sent me some music from this band called Tune Yards, and I didn't really, I listened to about 10 seconds of it, okay. and it just sort of sounded like weird electronic music, and I was just, and I would think I was drunk too, and I was like, oh, well, <laughs> fuck it, okay, whatever. Um, and uh, I didn't really have any conception of what it was. Uh, he and I, the booking agent and I, had the very similar taste in music. Okay. Um... And so I figured, you know, whatever. You yeah. Know, I just trust his thing. And so then, um, this was probably about seven months before the tour was even going to happen. And I was, at, before that, I was doing a little solo tour in Europe. And uh, I was playing a show, and a, uh, uh, an, an agent there, this wonderful guy named Christopher Tipton, who runs this label called Upset the Rhythm out of, uh, in London. Oh, yeah. Do you know that guy? Wonderful yeah, guy. Yeah, I feel like I've played a show that he set up or something. If you played in London, you probably have. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess Tune Yards was playing in the same room that I was doing that show in the night before. And he was going, oh, yeah, they were great. They were doing a lot of audience participation, a lot of people jumping around. The people had a wonderful, joyous time. And for me, that's like the worst like a fucking nightmare show like a wonderful joyous audience participation kind of show I'm like oh fuck and I just had to put it out of my mind like I heard what he said but I couldn't like it didn't occur to me I didn't have the fortitude at the time to go oh shit maybe I should look in and into this a little more and see who this fucking band like I was just like busy packing up like it entered my mind intellectually the the implication didn't really sink in enough like normally that's really far away from what we think is okay. Okay. Like I have a moral problem with shit like that. Okay. 
So anyway, so the tour happens, and the, um, we, we did a few weeks, maybe two weeks before, without them when we were meeting, meeting them in San Diego. And um, I w- was pretty tired at this point, and I was just taking a nap in the van before the show, and Angela went and watched a little bit of uh, what they were doing. And uh, I hadn't met them yet. Like, we just... I mean, they said hi for one second or something, but... So she, she gets in the van, I'm like, oh, how are they? And she's like, ukulele. And I went, oh, fuck. Loop pedal, oh, fuck. A lot, a lot of audience participation. I was like, oh, god damn it. She was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I don't know, are they nice? She's like, yeah, they're nice. And we're like, okay, well, uh, let's see how it goes, I don't know. Anyway, so then the next day, um, I, I was just like too tired to watch them, so we played the show or whatever. And there was and it, the the sort of strategy to have them play work because there was like a pretty decent turnout. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you know, at least the sort of functional part of it is kind of working. But there's like it was like a lot of people who we wouldn't really have at a show were there. Like a lot of kind of I don't like a like a strange element that I couldn't really at that point put my finger on, but it was, it was a weird weirdish vibe. Not bad, but just different than what we're used to. It felt strange, but I wasn't still not really. Yeah. It wasn't adding up just yet. Right. So then we get we we go up to L.A. and I'm sleeping again in the dressing room. And the singer of the band, while I am very obviously sleeping in the dressing room, it's a small dressing room, comes in and starts doing vocal warm ups like five feet away from me. And I'm thinking, okay, are you are you? I'm not, I'm trying to still be cool because we have a lot of touring with them and, you know, the implications, the most horrible part, which will, I'll soon be revealed as yet to have occurred. (laughs) So I'm still trying to be cool, (laughs) but I'm thinking like, you could fucking do this anywhere other than five feet away from where I'm obviously sleeping. Like why? And it wasn't even like, like I do a ton of vocal warmups all the time. You know, I mean, you know, it's important to do if you sing. And, you know, and technically she's a good singer, you know. I mean, she obviously is taking good care of her voice. But it wasn't like she was sitting down and doing, like, 25 minutes of very serious functional vocal warm-ups. Like, she was coming up and, like, singing really sort of showy scales, mm-hmm. up and down, up and down, and then stopped for, like, 30 seconds and then walked out. Like, she was, I don't like, is she just, like, doing this five feet away from where I'm sleeping to let me know that she's, like, technically a badass singer and I'm supposed to be impressed, like... I, it was like a, it was a weird a weird move like and it wasn't how like how long did she sing for maybe like 30 seconds and it wasn't like, like she do you think maybe she then noticed that you were sleeping no because like, she then stayed in there that's what I thought for maybe okay. a second then she kind of stayed in there yeah. for a minute and then walked away it okay. wasn't like she went oh, oh shoot and then right. and then split <laughs> that's, that's when she stopped for a second that's kind of what I was hoping but like, like and maybe I'm wrong right. but like there was a weird pause where maybe I was supposed to wake up and go, wow, what a great voice you have, or what the fuck ever. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's right. sort of what it, the vibe sort of seemed like. Right. So, and I still haven't seen them play. So then the next day we're in San Francisco, and we play at this club uh, that I think is gone now, we used to play there all the time, and it's super packed, and I think, oh, okay, cool audience, this is going to be good, good night. And I see them playing, and on the tour, Angela, who is... Uh, Korean American and our tour manager uh, at the time, Brenda Corrubius, is Mexican, and we watched them play a little bit. And the singer, who's white, starts singing in like a fake Jamaican accent for some of the songs. Yeah, and we're going like, like we can't even really 
girl, like, we're like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and then she starts, and Angela, who just the year before had worked at an AIDS orphanage in Kenya and picked up just functionally a tiny, very just small functional amount of Swahili, then here's the singer, like, throwing in, like, just some Swahili words and yeah. then some obviously made-up kind of Africanish sounds yeah. that sort of, you know, like, like whatever Paul Simon's kind of bullshit, you know? <laughs> but yeah. she's, it's not like she really learned anything. I mean, she, I mean, I don't know what word she was using, but it was like the, the equivalent of going like, uh, snowshoe, you know, like it wasn't like it was meaningful. It was just like African-y sounding. Right. Um, and then, uh, and then she was like talking about like gangsters and rastas in this like really like shitty Jamaican-y voice. And, you know, and then we're like, oh, fuck. Oh, 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 Jesus, fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck, fuck. There's no God. Like, like all this shit then kind of adds yeah. up. Like, okay, I mean, like the ukulele, hippie bullshit. And then and we look around and we're like, oh, like that's a frat girl with, with like a toe ring on. And that guy's wearing like a fish t-shirt. <laughs> and we're like, oh, fuck, they're like a sort of... Like haplessly racist jam band. <laughs> like, oh God, fuck us! Oh my God. Um, and I mean, and I don't. I mean, I know that they don't. I mean, they're nice. I mean, they're not like trying to be racist. Right. But like singing, being like a like a honky from Ohio, and like singing in a Jamaican accent, and then just like throwing out whatever you know, five words of Swahili, you know, is kind of fucking racist. It's yeah. stupid as shit, but it's pretty racist. <laughs> and it's not like they, it was like a shitload of African people in the audience. It's all like white frat girls yeah. who are in the audience. And yeah. then, you know, like the 10 people who came to see us. And then it gets, it gets even worse because they, I, they like when they, right when they start the tour of this, like they're, they have since become hugely popular. Yeah. Um, and it was right when they started touring this is when that kind of started happening. So there was, there was like the audiences, which was mostly their audience, um, were freaking out. They fucking loved them. Yeah. And technically, like they can play. Um, and if the music wasn't offensive, it would be interesting. <laughs> uh, was, at this point, was it just her solo? No, was she was a- playing with this bass player named Nate something. I'm just curious. I can't remember. And, and they, um, so when, you know, so like they would have their, their fucking party show, um, their sort of uh, a, a appropriative, sort of uh, accidentally super racist party jam. <laughs> and then, like, we were opening that tour with an incredibly long, dissonant, super slow song about child molestation. Okay. <laughs> So it's just like, it was just like, humana, 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 ba-dum. And they were just like, you know, like it, it really, really, really did not work at all. It super didn't fucking work for us because we hated them right. musically and we fucking hated them politically, like right. to an astounding degree. But, and, and then it, it just was soul crushing because... All these, it was kind. It was sort of. There was a period around this time where there was a shitload of bands doing really like a shitload of honky bands doing a bunch of like bullshit northeast version of like Ivy League Afro pop shit was happening, like Dirty Projectors and Vampire Weekend and all. Like it was a thing at that time. I don't think it really. Those bands still exist, but they've. I think they have seen the error of their ways. Yeah. Um, 
and I realized how politically problematic it was for them to be doing this. But it was kind of the beginning of, of that. And initially, I thought, there's no, there's no way that this can, like, how the fuck do people not realize what a problem this is? Right. But so many people were into it that yeah. I thought, like, am I missing? Like, I was going nuts. Right. Like, am I missing something? Do I right. not get this? Am I an idiot? Are they idiots? <laughs> and it was made more difficult by the fact that they were actually pretty f- nice. Yeah. Like, they were trying to be friends with us, and we, at every fucking opportunity, ignored them as much as we possibly could, stayed as fucking far away from them as possible. <laughs> like, we fucking hated being around them. Right. And then it was also <laughs> super humiliating because we played to these big fucking audiences who then hated us because right. they were there to see this, like, bullshit, like, fake Afropop, like, <laughs> right. racist fuckface party band, and then we would do our, like, doomy bullshit. You know, it was it was just fucking awful. <laughs> but then and we had like 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 forty shows with them or something, like a okay. ton of shows. So did the room like clear out during or it was uh, sometimes it very definitely cleared out, and okay. then sometimes I mean, it's not like nobody came to see us. No, no, I but, but but like like half the people at least were very definitely not there to but see us. But I mean, us. the whole strategy you were talking about, which yeah, 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 like, works complete total failure, total if, failure. If the people. Also, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 vibes. and they can. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've done shows or tours where it's a very different vibe, but but there's some like complimentary, some, like, or you know, or are we, you know, are we don't we're not patently offended <laughs> by right. the other band, right? And I talked to our agent about it, and I started explaining it to him. And I'm like, I can't fucking do this. Like, there's like this is this goes against like everything that we're about aesthetically and politically and socially, like this is really fucking far away from what we're doing. Yeah. And he, and he, and at that point we, uh, had been, we're really good friends socially and, and the, me and the agent and the yeah. agent. Yeah. And, and this is how far into the tour? This is just a, this is maybe a weekend where it's re- like right. the implications are really sinking in right, right. and we're just like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Like I was literally losing sleep over it. Like I couldn't, and I became crazily obsessed with it. Yeah. I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It made me intensely uncomfortable, not just because I felt like a failure, but politically it made me intensely uncomfortable. Yeah. And it was his assistant had started booking tune yards and yeah. it kind of helped put it together. And I think for some like office politics, he was just like, you got to do this for me. I'm really sorry. You got to do this for me. And I'm like, I can't, I can't fucking do this. I can't, I'm, I gotta, I gotta write something about this. Like I, I, I have to, I have to slay this horrible racist giant. Like I have to say something about this. I can't just suck this up. Okay. And he was just like, just please, please. Oh God, just please don't, please don't, just please don't. <laughs> like you were saying you were going to. Uh, yeah. Like I stage. had to, I had to like, like yeah. I had to write something about like, what the fuck is going on with but all you this? Mean to be performed. No, 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 not like live, but just like post, I don't know, like I, like at the time, I don't really do it that much anymore, but at the time, like I was doing a, uh, like writing a, like some bigger, semi, semi bigger publications would occasionally ask me to contribute to stuff. And when I talked to our publicist about it and she was just like, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely help you do it. I'll, well, get it. (laughs) Um, but the agent, I didn't want to fuck him over because he'd always, you know, we were real close. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, I, like, I called my mom about it, you know, it's yeah. just like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, this <laughs> right. sounds awful, you know? Yeah. And so the tour just goes on and on and on and on and on, and, like, it, it just gets worse every night. And, and the, because they were, we were playing a shitload of college shows, yeah. and how college shows work is uh, each semester there's, like, a, a committee of, of 
of students and they'd pick a band sure. and um, the upside of, and, and they were picking, basically they, we were playing because they wanted to have two yards play. Um, the upside of college shows is usually you get paid a shitload of money. The downside is, is it's usually students who've never done sound before, but are taking like an audio engineering, sure. like you're sort of yeah, yeah, part yeah. of their learning process. So the sound is always awful. Right. It's always in like a community center. They're terrible to play. And, but you go like, well, this is 7,000 bucks. That's right. a mil- like, that's 7,000 times more than we usually make at a show. So right. fuck it. Um, but because of them, we, I think like half the shows were college shows, okay. but we were, you know, but we weren't, you know, we weren't playing at, you know, uh, like a quote unquote cool college. I mean, we were playing at like, like hippie liberal arts colleges in the right. middle of fucking Iowa, right. you know, where they're like acid wash torn up jeans, like <laughs> tie dyed fucking one, you know, white girl with dreadlocks sort of audience was. Right. Um, and like at a club, like kids would come and see us, but at a college show, like people don't come, people don't, at college shows, people generally don't come to see a band. People come, a particular band, there's like, oh, there's a band tonight. Right, right. Um, so they would come, so they would open up and, you know, they would do their fucking shtick and the audience would go ape shit. And then we would play and it would like everyone would leave. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, we were really not doing what they wanted to do and they really saw what they wanted. Yeah. And then, and then we just kind of knuckled down and would play it like the play the slower songs, like longer and slower. <laughs> and, like, just, fuck yeah. you. Fuck <laughs> you. I mean, it wasn't fun either. I mean, it was just, and you know, it was, it was just, it was, it was completely juvenile of us. I mean, like not like we have any, tune yards or fucking just an earth, just, just like, why, <laughs> why you fucking 20 year old, are you accepting this? Like you, it is your age group in particular that is supposed to be not letting shit like this happen. Right. It's your fucking job to stop this yeah. and you love it. <laughs> right. Um, so it, it, was, it just got, it just was awful, 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 awful. Um, and so then, so it goes on and I mean, we're not being like hostile to them, right. but we're just like blanking them. Like yeah. we can't like, okay, to my agent buddy, I got to fucking put up with this. Yeah. And, um, but I, you know, I don't have to be nice. I don't have to be your pal. Right. Um, and, and then a couple weeks in the agent calls me. And says, hey, I, I need you to start being more friendly to the band. They're complaining. Okay. <laughs> and, and he says, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, in order for the tour to keep going on, you know, they, they really, they need you to be socially nicer to them. And I was just like, fuck. Like, I'm not, right. a, I'm really not a social person generally. Yeah. Like, I have a small group of friends. I'm very shy. Uh, like, one-on-one I can deal with people. Yeah. You know, but if, like, I can't sort of, I'm just not made to just sort of hang out really and yeah. they wanted to hang out and we right. hated their guts at this point um, how far into it is this we have like a, like this is maybe two weeks and we have probably two more weeks yeah um, and Nate the drummer the singer Meryl uh, I think was just in a state of denial about how much we hated them and just was just like always like hi and we were just like yeah nothing <laughs> Um, but the bass player, obviously, I mean, there's no way you couldn't pick up on it. Yeah. Um, he started being a little hostile with us, 
which I, it almost made it easier for me. Right. Because I wasn't like hostile back, but, I, I, but I, then I could kind of fuck with him a little and be like, hey man, how are you doing? And he'd be just like, you know, I mean, yeah. and then it would also make it, I could say, hey man, how are you doing? And make it look as if I'm being friendly, but I was doing it because <laughs> it was pissing him off, you know, so I could satisfy the request of our agent, but then also be like, fuck you, man. Right. Um, and it got to the point where in real life, I would never actually do this, but like their shit was on stage and I was just like, like no one was around or something. I was like, oh my God, I could just throw all their stuff in the dumpster and then their show would be over. Like I could just steal all their equipment that, and then we would be free, you know? Right. Um, like thoughts like that were going through my mind. Right. Probably wouldn't actually work. No, I, I mean, no, I mean, and, and I would never really do I, that. But I, I was I'm like, sure you wouldn't do it. But also, I know, I, you know, they if would. You're making, if you're making seven thousand dollars at a show, well, that was that was okay. This like, was the shitty part. This was the shitty part for them. Is we were making that much, oh, but they right. were making like two hundred bucks as like the opening band. Oh, okay. Uh, and it wasn't like that every night, but you know, at like yeah, some yeah. college shows or whatever. But it was like normally, you know, like making decent money on tour is nice because you go home and you can relax a little bit, you know, pay your bills or whatever. Yeah. But it just like it didn't feel good. Like every time we got a check, <laughs> it was just like, it's like dirty, repulsive money. <laughs> and then we were, we were playing a show in Boston and um, I can't remember her last name, but there's this, this uh, uh, modular synth maker, Jessica. I, her company was called Flower. I don't think she does anymore. We were using a couple of her synths on the tour. Okay. And she came to the Boston show. She's a super uh, noise musician. And like, I talked to her after the show, and I said, hey, thanks for coming. I really, your synths were wonderful. I really, really like... I, lo- I absolutely love them. They're fantastic, especially for touring. They're, they're set up in a really cool way. And her only response was, who is that fucking bullshit racist fake African band that was opening for you? <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was such like an incredible validation because I was like, oh, I'm not insane. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Oh, my God. Right. That's what made it really hard because it was humiliating. And then I didn't really couldn't tell like if my feelings were correct right. now did i i'm sort of assuming from what you said before but like your whole band was on the same page it sounds like oh yeah like like, like, like the tour manager all... angela and i and especially because they're people of color and they were just like uh and then i was like embarrassed like right. being white like my fucking band and crew are like right. extra fucked because right. of these people you know right. uh so it was it was it was dark it was very 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 dark and then it got to the last show, and by the time the last week rolled around, like they weren't talking to us and we were talking to them. And it wasn't like we were being mean, but it was just like they, they finally figured it out. Right. And we were just like, oh, thank Christ, they're not like trying to be pals with us anymore. Right. But then we're in, in the parking lot of the last, the very last show. Like, I'm a dick, but I like fundamentally want to try to be nice or believe in the possibility of humanity or maybe not less now, but then a little bit, you know, like (laughs) there is, there's some good in the world. Maybe try to be a good Christian or I don't know, something. Um, so my mom's husband had given me this, uh, uh, a couple years before he gave me this Howlin' Wolf biography and then I saw him and he gave me this Howlin' Wolf CD, but it was one I already had, but I didn't want to say to him, oh, thanks, I already got it, I don't need it, you know, right. so I just had it in the car. So we're, we're like, we're packing up, and it's the, the show, the tour is done. And, um, this is after the last show. After the last show, we're yeah. all in the same parking lot packing up, and I can see Meryl, the singer, walking up to us to give us some tearful 
thank you and goodbye. And I just, I really just want them to fucking drive away. Like I want them to be classy enough to realize how much we fucking hate them and just to split, but right. she's not going to do it. Right. She's walking up to us. She's like literally got her arms open and I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. How can I be cool? How can I be cool? I'm just like, all right. Hey, hey, thanks for the tour. I, I got you this uh, Howlin' Wolf record. Maybe you like, and she looks at it and she's like, oh yeah, Howlin' Wolf. <laughs> you know, like obviously not into it. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like he's one of my favorites. I'm like, yeah. oh, I hate you even more now. <laughs> that you're like, you're not even cool enough to like this. <laughs> but then she's really, really sweaty. It's, uh, and she, and stinks. She fucking, oh, that was another thing. She fucking stank. <laughs> And she comes up to me and gives me this big hug with her gross body. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh! Like, oh, and you're getting your fucking... And maybe she, you know, it just occurred to me at this moment, maybe she knew I would hate it. Okay. And she just did it to, to like, just, yeah. like, like, rub grossness <laughs> on me. If she did it on purpose, I have some small amount of respect for her. <laughs> if she's just some, like, hapless, happy-go-lucky bullshit artist, then, you know, triple right. fuck her, as I've always felt. But... If you did it to, to be a dick, then that's kind of cool. <laughs> you can get with I, that. I can kind of get with that. <laughs> okay. Um, and, then, uh, and then the tour was over. And then... Um, <laughs> this is really... This, this is the most humiliating part. Okay. Um, we had left... After that tour, we were having some problems with our label at the time. And just amicably split from them, but we're looking for a new label. And Tuners is on my very favorite label of all time when I was a teenager. That label has since begun to suck. What, what uh, 4AD. It was okay, like a yeah. proto-goth label. Now totally, most yeah. of the band's on it. There's a couple good bands on it, but most of the band's on it. Yeah, real yeah. dumb. And I thought, okay, well, we need a new label, and maybe I could just ask Meryl for like a hookup at 4AD or something. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, oh, I want to talk to her, but, you know, fuck it. Why not? Whatever. <laughs> so I write her, and she's as friendly as she usually is. She's like, oh, yeah, here, you know, here's our person. Yeah. So I write to the person, and they said, oh, yeah, we had uh, just... Totally coincidentally, we're getting a ton of good press in the UK at that time. It's just where they're located. And, and the, yeah. their person wrote me back immediately and was just like, oh yeah, I would definitely love, love to see your show when you play in London again. And we just luckily, we're like, oh, we're playing there next month. So we go and we suck that night. Just okay. we fucking, it was a terrible club. Nobody was there and we played awful. Okay. And I looked out on the audience for a second and I hadn't met this person over, only looked over email. And I looked and I looked her, I, I looked a, one person in the eye and I normally can't look in the audience when I play I get too nervous but I look just kind of by chance open my eyes and I looked at this person and my eyes kind of locked the first second and this something from the universe beamed down and said that's the A&R person and I looked at her for a second and she just like shook her head at me <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like god <laughs> fuck oh fuck <laughs> And, you know, and I'm, st I'm still, this was fucking nine years ago. I'm still embarrassed by that moment. <laughs> anyway, yeah. the end. Right. Ugh. God, it was a mortifying, awful tour. <laughs> and it happened two other times. Not, it wasn't as awful with the other bands. Two other times I went on tour with bands that I hated that the agent set us up with I, that I didn't listen to the music, that I did the exact same fucking thing. I listened to like 10 seconds of it and went, oh, yeah, this is fine. Right. Um, Wait, two times since this then? Was, no, before. before this, with two years, it was the third fucking okay. time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just like, why am I doing this to myself? 
now are extraordinarily selective or just never tour with other right, bands just, right, to, right. just to avoid the living hell. And it was a total living hell with the other bands too. Just okay. like being on the road with people whose music you hate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> but so I'm guessing from what you said... The other ones were bands that you didn't like musically, but I didn't. Yeah, you didn't have like a political. One of them. uh, One of them was uh, in 2006. We toured with Dirty Projectors, and they were just doing. It was before they were doing their, before they blew up. Yeah, yeah. They were doing. They took all of the lyrics of "Damaged by Black Flag" and did African versions of them. (laughs) And they were all assholes. Uh, well, not all of them. The singer Dave and one of the and one of the guitar players is an asshole. The yeah. one guitar player, the bass player, and the drummer were super cool. But yeah. Dave, the singer, notorious prick and a fucking asshole on this tour. <laughs> and then the next uh, was with this band that we used to be only with called uh, Tao and the Get Down Stay Down. They do like oh, wa- like winery folk music. Essentially, <laughs> they sound kind of like they sound like the Spin Doctors. <laughs> but. But they're super popular now. Okay. They Tau were... And the, what is it called? Get Down, Stay Down is okay. the name of the, the band. I think she made a tour under Tao now. They were actually nice, okay. but their music was fucking awful. And I thought they were from D.C. and very stupidly, because we used to be on Kill Rock Stars, which is a kind yeah, of yeah. punk rock label. I thought because they were from D.C., they were like a Discord band. Okay. And we show up at the first show, and they start playing, and it's 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 like a it's like light country rock slash yeah. the Spin Doctors, and we got fucking forty dates with them. We're like, right. oh god, yeah. totally my fault. Yeah. They were nice at least, um, but we were huge dicks to them. We were so fucking. We weren't like, yeah, we were just dicks. I mean, we didn't like we didn't. I mean, we didn't like scream at them, you, you didn't know. Throw but like, shit away. yeah, nothing like that. But like, they would. You know, I feel real bad about this. I was younger, so I was meaner. Okay. But they would like, you know, we would just happen to be at the same motel, and they'd knock on our door, and they'd go, "Hey, you guys!" And we would just like, just like slam the door in their faces. <laughs> we were really fucking uncool. <laughs> um, and then the bass player and the drummer would sound check with like their big, uh, with like their big single and stuff. The bass player and the drummer and Shushu yeah. would sound check with like playing one of their songs and playing it like. <laughs> Like a really shitty way. <laughs> we were really mean. It was okay. it was not so cool. But a couple of times we tried to sort of hang out with them. Like we played catch with them or something. I don't know. We yeah. we would sometimes be like, oh, we can't be complete shits. Right. We'd sort of try. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then at one point, oh, I feel uh, the guitar player in Tao's band quit the tour about halfway through, okay. but didn't leave the tour. Like he had no way to get home. So he would just like hang out backstage, but not play the shows. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, it was real. I don't ever seen that? No, it was a. Super... I've seen bands. Yeah, people lose like lose our mind, and yeah, but he just tour, but, but he not... stayed for the rest of the tour, but not playing. Did he have like a fallout with? The I never. We weren't really or... talking with them, so I don't know oh, what right. the fuck happened. <laughs> but the uh, but the thing was, is they sounded way better without him. Oh, okay. Like Tao is actually like our good like a good rhythm guitar player. Like yeah. she she can play. Yeah. And then. And then we kind of liked him a little better because okay. they're like, oh, well, shit. Because like, that guy was more like wanky. He was like kind of covering all his shit up and he yeah. sucked. And, um, and we're like, oh, they sound way better. So we told right. him they sounded way better. Right. Um, but he was in the room. <laughs> 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 it was super cool. And then, <laughs> then they had, God, um, we, 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 the bass player, who I think is the only member of that lineup who still works with her, uh, really we could tell wanted to murder the guitar player who quit. 
Okay. Uh, and I think though, I might be completely misremembering this, but I have some vision of him holding his arms and having him like pushed up against the wall in the dressing room. Of the, of the, the, bass, the, the bass player, player like almost like, going to beat up like the guitar player who quit. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and it, at one point, we, oh, after the very last show, we were playing at this place in San Francisco called Bottom of the Hill, which might be gone. And they had this oh, courtyard yeah. that has some like glass doors mm-hmm. and everyone had loaded out. And right. the dressing room is uh, above the courtyard, not right. in the club. So I think he had been hanging out in the dressing room and not realized that everyone had split and the glass doors were locked and everyone was out of the oh. club and no, like the management was gone. Right. And I just ran back in to get my bag real quick. And he was like, had his hands on the glass doors. Like he was locked in <laughs> okay. the courtyard. Okay. And I had this thought for one second. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gonna just fucking leave this guy in there. And we were looking at each other, and he could he could he could see, see my face. He, he knew that I was thinking about it. And then it made me feel like such a dick. He could tell, yeah. just like oh. Fuck. And then I opened it up, and he looked at me. He gave me a hug. Oh, wow. We had it. We had not. I think we had said five words to each other the whole tour, yeah. but just the fact that. Wait, this was the guitar player? No, no, this was the bass player. The bass player okay. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, that, uh, that, that he knew that I was going to be like, do like the meanest possible fucking thing. Because the, there was no one who could have come and got him. Right, right. It was, I don't know. It was sort of, it was kind of funny. I had never spoken to him again. And then, okay. <laughs> two more tiny things yeah, yeah. about this. Is the drummer, whose name was Willis, and we used to call him Thrillis, was a terrible drummer. Okay. Um, he wanted to be good, and we at the time were touring with this drummer named Chess Smith, who is one of the best oh, drummers yeah, in the Chess, entire yeah. fucking world. Yeah. And I think Thrillis became really impressed watching Chess every night because he's yeah. a wonderful player. He's a killer, yeah. So he, at the between every every song, he would after the song was over, they do their like da 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 da, song's over, and then Thrillis would do this like giant fucking crazy fill for like 15 seconds. But he did it like five or six times in the set. Like it was completely incongruous. (laughs) And Tao had like, they had like like a show kind of, like she had like a joke she would tell every night, like patter and shit, you know. Um, Which is pretty reprehensible, but whatever. It worked out for her. (laughs) She's super fucking famous now. I'm glad it worked out for her. But it got like, like Thrillist was doing all his like fucking, he was practicing basically, you know, like trying to play fancy yeah. shit. But he was doing it like over her jokes and stuff. So she would periodically just like turn around, or not periodically, at one point she turned around and went, Whoa, Tiger! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, a, a really good friend of mine, uh, record producer John Congleton, was. Uh, producing a Tao record and I was he was mixing one of our records when I, his manager called him to ask him if he wanted to do it yeah. and I was just like dude no 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 and he's like oh you know I kind of want to do it hmm, well, you know, I'll check it out she seems cool and I'm like no she sucks don't do it he's like well, you don't know anything man he had a great time there. totally he, he, yeah. thought she was, he, he really liked working with her everybody on earth other than me thinks she's great okay so you know <laughs> I, I'm a dick so so I thought, okay, and we were on the same label, you know, uh, for a while. Um, and, you know, the people at, our, people at our label, I was talking to them at one point, and they were just like, oh, yeah, she's really nice. And I said, I had a really terrible time with her on tour. And was like, oh, she's nice. You should just write her and say hi and apologize. It's like, yeah, I, I probably fucking should. You know, why, you know, I mean, I don't want to be friends with her, but, I mean, I, we were jerks. Yeah. And, you know, why not try to be nice? You know, I, 
So a couple years after that, uh, no, maybe four years after that, John Conlon gives me her email, and he's like, "No, nah, she's super cool. She'll definitely write you back. She'll be she'll be cool with it. She'll probably be she'll probably appreciate that you said sorry, you know." Like, and I was like, "Yeah." So anyway, I, I write her. Doesn't write me back. Okay. <laughs> I do not fucking blame her at all. <laughs> right. But I told I told a couple of people she didn't write me back, and they were just like, "Ooh." That's not like her at all. <laughs> she, has a, she has a limit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty understandable. Okay, the connection is yeah. fucking Meryl Garbus from Toon Yards uh, produced the fucking child record. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> the two most horrible bands of all time <laughs> together. Now, I have to ask you, there's a couple things that I'm really curious about. One is you, you asked me at the beginning if there's a precedent for naming names. And yeah. people definitely name names. I have. I feel like I should tell you just so that you know, you have you've been maybe like the most, uh, what's the word? Um, Shitty. Well, well, just like consciously and and unapologetically mean, <laughs> 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 like like acknowledging it and not saying it's a good thing, but but just acknowledging. Oh yeah, it we were like, mean. Yeah, yeah, we were mean to them like, on tour, but we hated them. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they made horrible music. Right. Uh, in the case of Tao. And uh, in the case of uh, Dirty Projectors and uh, Toon Yards made horrendous political decisions and were also shitty people. So the other thing I'm curious about, and I'm, I'm really just thinking about this now in a different light, but uh, I think there's, like, even the, the idea of cultural appropriation, I feel like I was completely unaware of that in the 90s. I was maybe beginning to be aware of it in the aughts, but I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a concept that has come into its own relatively recently in yeah, terms yeah. of like mainstream culture anyway, right? And I was thinking about how, first when you started talking about Toon Yards, I was like, oh, I used to like that band. And then I was like, yeah, I've been listening to them a long time. And everything you were saying was totally right. And I just was like, wow. I totally missed that. I think a shitload of people missed it. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, and I guess... I think they figured it out because I don't... No, that's not true. No, because I saw a stage that they had recently and there was like palm trees and tigers and shit on it. Right. Like, I think they're, they, they're really knuckled, but the like, whole band was white. Like, they yeah. really knuckled down right. on Africa as like their thing. Right. Yeah. I should also say, I'm, I'm friends with some of the folks in Dirty Projectors and I don't know... I get the sense just based on where the music has gone over the years that like they've moved away. Yeah, from yeah, I think they're the couple thing. things I've heard is real different than. I mean, I'm partly saying this just to be full disclosure of like I put out a record in 2008 that is really embarrassing to me now, and where like I used this chant and like I used it in this like proggy way or whatever. But looking back, I'm like, Ugh, that's kind of gross. I wish like a Buddhist chant. Like in Sanskrit, I definitely don't speak Sanskrit, and you know. And now looking back, I think, yeah, that's I, I would definitely not do that now. Well, I mean, that's a cool part of being alive, is yeah. you know, figuring stuff like that out. But I'm fascinated with this process where some people sort of get the memo earlier than others, and then some of us, you know, it's like I'm. I definitely have friends that were like white people with dreads in the aughts who are, like, ashamed of it now. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I did that. Uh, I'm, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a person. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm sure there's a ton of shit like that, that you know, I mean, yeah. that, I, that I've done. Since I've been a very, very young person, I've uh, mostly through, through exposure to my dad, I've listened to a, a lot of indigenous music, and he was a record producer. And I think 
it wasn't, I think because it was a part of my kind of formative musical uh, development and it was being given to me by someone who was a deep and serious muso that the, the care with which one can learn from that yeah. uh, was something that I think I picked up a little bit earlier. So I think I uh, am more uptight sure. <laughs> and sensitive to it. And, and in a way, like, I'm really glad that more people are uptight about it now. But that was my next question, which you sort of already answered is because I was sort of curious, like, where did you grow up and how did like you sound? Because I'm still thinking 2010. I feel like there was still a lot of that going on. Unquestioned. It was a weird couple years. I mean, there's still that going yeah, it's, on. It's, but it's, I mean, it's, like, of, it's different. I mean, yeah, impact, it was a couple years where there's a yeah. ton of that was going on. Totally. And nobody was saying jack shit about it. Right, right. And I don't know. I don't really fucking know how that. I mean, it faded away, fortunately. Yeah. But I don't know how like that just kind of fucking happened. Well, and I will say, I do think that there's levels, right? Like, I would even say there's some dirty projector stuff where clearly... Like the guitar style is taking something from Afrobeat, but then doing something where like the whole thing is not Afrobeat or or trying to be Afrobeat, right? And I do think that anybody anywhere can get influenced by this or that music, and that's a really wonderful it's, thing. It's, it's a hard, but the appropriative thing. It's it's a, yeah, it's a funny. It's a it's, I don't know. It's 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 right. When it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. Right. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I mean, there's you know, I mean, half of the music that we work on is, is deeply influenced on, you right. know, like not post-punk or something. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, but I guess probably the biggest influence that we have and that we've talked about is, is gamelan music, but we right. don't, but it's more the way that the rhythms are layered right. uh, and the use of using tune percussion rather than just taking a gamelan thing and right. then like singing about partying over it or something like that. Right. Like I, I think it's completely, and you know, I'm being super what the fuck do I know? But from my perspective, right. I think it's wonderful to be influenced by music, you know, music that you culturally don't have anything to do with. Uh, but I think being influenced by it and then copying it in a bullshit half-assed way is right. super different. Totally. Well, I agree that it's super different, but I think you're also saying, or maybe tell me if I'm wrong, but there are, there is some gray area where things that are might feel over the line for you don't seem to be over the line for someone else. And yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, you know, and I mean, I could totally be fucking wrong too, but it was, it was my sensation and impulse at I the time. I think you're right. I just think that I mean, in the case of, in the case of tune yards, I think that I'm right. Yeah. But I think in a generalized way, I'm sure there's, you know, I, I could be wrong in other situations. But I mean, we all, we all sort of like come to conclusions at whatever time that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, what's interesting to me is that I totally agree with you, and yet I had never thought about it with Tune Yards. Like, I was aware of it with Dirty Projectors. There was definitely, like... And you, you brought up Paul Simon. Like, there's Paul Simon stuff that I love, and now I have a very different, complicated relationship to it than it's, I did it's a, it's a, And it's a complicated thing with him, though, because he's using the real dudes. Yeah. I mean, it's different... I know, and that's something that I, I don't know, that I feel real mixed about. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because like, he's clearly in some ways appropriating what they're doing, but he's not having, like, his fucking frat buddies 
jam right. it out. Like he's going like, oh, right. that's one of the most you know fantastic Afro pop guitar players of all time. Right. I'll get that get, guy. Get that guy to play <laughs> on my shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and and I think it is complex. And I have never been able to come down on one. Side yeah, or, or like remain in light. The Talking Heads record. You know. Right. Right. Um, like I it, fucking love that record. I'll be real. It's like, a, yeah. So it's a <laughs> it's a it's a weird one because you know like some of it is really new, brand new, completely new music. They're yeah. doing something that's never been done before. And a lot of it is just like a stone cold fucking ripoff right. of Senegalese music, okay, like yeah. note for note. Right. Um, that like listening wind. Is that, on, I think that's on that record. Uh, I never remember song titles, but, but probably. Uh, yeah. That, the thing is when yeah, I heard that record in high school, that was my favorite song. Oh yeah. They were, <laughs> they were one of my, but one, like the first, first bands that were ever really important to me. And I don't know if it was like, because you know, the late seventies was a different time than, I mean, like we haven't had yeah. developed as much. I don't know. I don't know. I think some people, is. some people say that that record is bullshit for that reason now. And then some people say because of it's a, it was a different period in time that it's okay. Yeah. Or they did it in a different way or I, I don't know. It's a I complicated think that one. Especially now, like, especially I would say, and this is a, might sound a little off or a little out of left field, but I think especially after standing rock and after the way in which, uh, colonization was brought into this sort of mainstream activist or leftist uh, conversation that I've been noticing. I feel like in the last few years, we're talking about like decolonizing this, like thinking about that seriously is way more in the sort of like mainstream yeah, yeah, yeah. zeitgeist or whatever yeah. you call it, like the, the consciousness right now. Whereas I feel like that was still pretty... I still think it's right, and I I think everybody sort of decides when or what things they're going to forgive and say. Well, it was a different time, or sometimes you just think, well, oh, it was fucked up then too. I just didn't realize it. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's hard. It's hard to know. I guess I'm just really interested in this thing, thinking about like, wow, I I totally missed it with Tune Yards. I like I think I had I owned two at least two of their records. I remember now everything you're saying. I'm like it totally rings true, and I'm like, oh yeah. I don't know if I would have noticed it so much were it not for the singing. Like, yeah. I think maybe I yeah. could have given the music a pass. Yeah. But, like, singing and the fake accent, like, yeah. blew my fucking mind. But so, KRS-One, like, he's got songs from, I don't know, do you listen to, do you know KRS-One? Or, uh, a, a, tiny, a tiny bit. I know who he is, but I don't know his I music mean, super well. It was a thing in the, in the 80s and early 90s for hip-hop to do fake Jamaican accents, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is not as offensive as white people doing it, but you're still talking about people from like Brooklyn who yeah, yeah, yeah. have I know, no I know actual mean. Trinidadian or Jamaican like relationship. And in any case, I don't, maybe I'm wrong about KRS-One specifically, but it was definitely a trend in yeah. the late 80s where people just would throw on the Jamaican accent just for one song or whatever. And it didn't really bother me in the 80s, but as I've like continued to love hip hop, I want to go back and listen to certain Boogie Down Productions or stuff, or I'm just like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're such an intelligent person and you have so much well, cool stuff to say. Well, I think it's kind of, kind of but... what, you're, what you're saying. Like it wasn't as much of our early consciousness at that time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, thankfully it's developing more. Yeah. Um, or like even that third wave ska that hit in the 90s, which I was totally into in like high school totally went went for it and then thinking it, it took a while before i was like oh that's that's a weird that's interesting that's i never I, I lived in san jose which was a mecca for it yeah. and when it was at its peak yeah and i never really made that connection but yeah you're totally right 
It's yeah. weird. It's, it's super weird. Well, and I didn't know shit about original ska when I was like 14, 15, yeah. listening to Operation Ivy and No Doubt. You know, like I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. And then as I, I got into that initially just to sort of be cool and know the origins of the pop and, or like punk and ska bands that I was into. And it wasn't until a little later where it, then I would hear, you know, uh, sublime doing <laughs> like, it's so rough it's so rough <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I think like, I heard wow, that I heard someone like in a grocery store the other day and I was like wow how the fuck is someone playing this in a public place right. what the fuck is this yeah. Ugh. but it was part of I mean I think you know what I fucking think it is is that came out when people like dirty projectors and tuners were kids yeah that so, so there was probably I mean I don't know how old Merrill is but I think Dave is from Dave Longstreth is probably about my age or a couple years older, maybe. I don't... How old are you? I'm 40. Yeah, so that was, you know, that's probably what he was listening to yeah. when he was a kid. But I mean, yeah. I, I owned the first Sublime record when I'm I was sure like he 14, fucking did too. You know? <laughs> and I wasn't into it for very long, but it definitely... It was like one of the albums that helped create my objection to that yeah <laughs> you know? like getting into it at first and being like oh that's cool you know and then being like uh is it though maybe yeah. it's, it's, maybe it's, it's actually not yeah. cool. <laughs> and i mean we have to learn that i guess some way you know yeah. but for me it was i think scott was one of the big like white appropriate like california white appropriations of ska yeah is how i started like thinking about you know i think I, know, I didn't pick up on that until you just pointed out because i i got really in my introduction to First wave ska was through two tone, yeah. and you know half of the two most two tone bands were mixed mixed rate like white and black people yeah. playing together usually. Um, so I think I the connection to third wave ska is actually being a black music, right. uh, or coming from a black music. I, I didn't really think about that because I I, th- I was connecting it more and more to that. But right, right. yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Well, I mean, and, it's, and like I love the Clash, but there's. There's oh jeez, I never thought about that either. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, like, yeah. The Clash, the Clash have done some. Re- you know, I think Clash, it's maybe it's like a weird just... like period thing, like not making that connection with like the Clash or Talking Heads or something like that. But it's man, it's the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> wow. Early, early Clash is there. I mean, yeah, and, you're totally and, right. And the thing is, what would they have to even compare it to to say like, ooh, that's a bit too far? You know, they were yeah. they were trying to basically represent and respect and show love to the stuff you know and i'm sure that fucking tuners is doing the same thing i mean it's i mean i don't i i am totally certain that they are not trying to be shitheads totally um i mean they are being shitheads but i mean but yeah you're like yeah what what was the clash thinking (laughs) i'm sure it's the same thing i'm sure they were just like i love this music i want to do this music yeah yeah or fucking led zeppelin or the rolling stones oh yeah i mean you know like that's Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah, like, and in a way, that one—that's even in- more interesting to me because at least at this point, like by the '90s and by the aughts, like there's been enough of a precedent for white people sort of controlling rock and roll. Yeah. But when the Beatles and when the Stones came out, they were they were freshly taking over this music that was only black folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And doing it for white audiences. And, you know, they, I've, I've seen fucking interviews where Mick Jagger or, or like John Lennon are, are praising, you know, uh, Bessie Smith or, or Blylam Jefferson or whatever, like the music that, that they're inspired by. 
but it, they still were doing it and getting paid to do it oh, yeah. for white people yeah, who yeah. wouldn't be caught dead in a, like a Negro club at the time, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. I mean, obviously they, you know, they turned on a bunch of white people to, to the origins of that music. And I, I wonder if, uh, the 2010 sort of fake Afropop band turned people on to what they were. I mean, probably I some mean, people probably like Paul Simon definitely turned me on to Lady Smith, yeah, 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 yeah. for instance, or, you yeah. know, like, I'm just trying to think of some anything good could have happened. <laughs> fucking horrible right. records. Right. But I just, <laughs> anything true and right. pure and yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just it's just funny to think of like um and I'm I'm now thinking of Most Def has a song that's all about like rock and roll is black music and if yeah, you yeah. think Elvis Presley is the king of rock and roll, yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, so it's a long, I guess there's a tradition, right? There's a, the whole tradition of... <laughs> a, rough, a rough but horrifyingly <laughs> accurate word to use. Of like white people appropriating, whether or not they thought of, certainly don't think of it that way, but, but being inspired by or influenced by, but in a way that is not respectful, in the way that you said, like your dad kind of taught you to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> it's the, Taking that it's disrespect all the way to the bank, motherfuckers. <laughs> There's the tradition of that as well. Right, right. Um, you sorry. Should probably get out of here. Yeah. Lots of sorries. Thank to, you so much. Thank for you. It was very. It was really nice to talk to you. Yeah, same. Please don't sue me for defamation, <laughs> fucker. This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.